Hey, hey friends. friends, it's Davion. It's Bruce. And, and this, this is, is Oh, That's, that's My, my gay, gay Friend. Episode number 63. We're getting up there. Hey, husband, how are you tonight? I'm great, husband. How are you? I am blessed and highly favored. Amen and amen. Welcome, friends, to another wonderful episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend, brought to you by Give me one margarita, I'ma open my legs. Give me two margaritas, I'ma give you some head. Give me three margaritas, I'ma put it in my puss. Give me four margaritas, I'ma put it in my tush. Okay. That's my fucking joy. Have you heard that song? I don't know what you're talking about. Yo, this song is so lit. It's a guy by the uh, name of Kevin on the stage. He has a podcast with a woman he has a podcast with. She sings that song. I don't know her name. I have to find her name. I'll find it by the end of the podcast, but she has a, I call it the Margarita song, but the okay. song is lit. She has a remix with Saucy Santana, it has Cindy Crawford in it. It's fucking lit. It's amazing. Well, good for her. Yes. But friends, you know what time it is speaking about margaritas. So go ahead and gather your cocktail. And while you gather your drink, we'll tell you our libation selection for tonight and tell you how our week has been going. So, husband, I see you have a wonderful, nice mug. It looks very chilled. And what's inside of that mug? Water and ice cubes. I'm very excited about it. All right. now. What about you? I am having, I went back to my old school. I am having a tequila. And ginger ale with three limes. Cark is out, please. There you Short go. Short glass. Mm-hmm. All right, friends. Hopefully, you have gathered your libation. And we're about to cheers to a wonderful episode. So, here we go. Glasses up. Cheers. Cheers. Clank, cheers. clank, 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 Sip it up, everybody. If you're listening to us on your way to work, sip that coffee mug. With the Baileys. Okay, come on. One. I'm going to open my legs. Hey. All right. Give you some head. Let's go. So, husband, how has your week been going thus far? My week has been good. My week has actually been very busy. Um, the freelance gig has been gigging this week, so I've been kind of tooting it around L.A. and the Valley. Um, but it's been eventful. I am uh, very pleased to say I've been going to the gym every day this week. Okay. And I'm doing this uh, intermittent fasting so I've been sticking to that, uh, which has been great. So I'm not eating anything until after 12 p.m. And my cutoff is supposed to be 6 p.m. But that's just with my schedule. I've been finding it's hard to eat every meal within the, just those six hours. So I've right. been pushing it a little bit to like seven. But next week I am uh, challenging myself to stay within that 12 to 6 regardless of what happens, what's going on, where I am. Like, if I have to eat, like, uh, some trail mix for dinner, it's just going to be that. Um, but I'm going to up the ante because I'm not working out for fucking nothing. What about you? <laughs> well, that's great. I think also will help with that as us doing food prep. Like, that really will help guide that whole situation. So, I support that. That's great. It sounds amazing. Happy that you're on that journey because mm-hmm. doing it together. Um, my week has been great. To go back a little bit about the song, the one margarita song, her name is uh, That Chick Angel. So, catch her on YouTube and all of the platforms. But it's a great song. My week... (laughs) Yesterday was a challenging fucking day. It was a... I didn't even tell you about it because I had to process it through myself. For myself. And I um, processed it with... I processed... The situation with a couple of glasses of uh, ginger ale and gin 
being out with a coworker and then came home and continued to party and also played the drums. But what happened was, um, saw a client, um, autistic and high functioning autistic and destructive, and he has a twin brother. And not to get too much information away, but either way, seeing this client, we've seen him several times for years, and he has a tendency to be racist. And I'm not going to say his ethnicity, but and so I've interviewed him before, done evaluations. I've never sent him to the hospital in the past. And before he's made some racist comments, he's like, "Hey, nigger," or whatever, and he's mm-hmm. trying to ride you up. But I, you know, I don't let stuff like that affect me because again, I'm a slate. I just I'm here to help people, so that's I can compartmentalize certain things, right? When it comes to that, especially if someone is having a mental health challenge. However, yesterday. He was very pointy. He just kept saying nigger and nigger and nigger and, and flicking me off and doing things. And I put it to the side and I still was professional and handled and got him to the place he needed to be. And his mother was very, you know, shocked and she was apologetic. And even he had a um, another service provider that was there, a crisis person that he works with on a one on one. And he was biracial. He was light skinned black dude. Looked like he was probably mixed with either black and white or black and Hispanic. By the way, still black. And he was shot like, he's like, oh my God, I never heard of this before. It's like, oh, <laughs> like, oh, he talks like this all the time. But yesterday, it just, something about it just really affected. And I was, and I, in my mind, I, I was going to make a comment and say, had this been a different capacity that you're saying this to me, it would be a complete different outcome. But I can't say that as I'm trying to help someone who has a mental illness. And I wanted his mother, and I explained to his mother that, excuse me, the mental illness part is one portion. The racist part, that's not part of the mental illness. And so your son can get fucked up on the street mm. if he continues with this behavior because that there, again, you caught the right person at the right time who I can, again, understand he's having uh, mental health crisis but if he's on the street saying that just all yeah it just will be bad and so I just had to really and I didn't realize it that until last night actually after I like played the drums for like an hour and I just realized that this why I was like antsy I couldn't go to sleep I was mm-hmm. like I was up and I was like what's bothering like what is bothering me right now and I had to figure out that's what it was like having some Vehicular, vehicular traumas was what it's called um, by this situation. So that kind of made me be present with my feelings and, and things and kind of just stuff to look out for. And just that's why self-care is so important. Mm. And we have to recognize that. And, and we, and especially for myself, I have a very high demanding type of job where I'm dealing with crisis all the time. And normally I can, again, I can, I can, I have very good self-awareness about when I need to take a break or when I need something for myself and yesterday was that but it was just it bothered me um to say the least and so i had to really process those feelings mm. so that was my week <laughs> but why far, did you so. think it bothered you yesterday because you've seen this person before yeah seen the person before and it, again it is like water off a duck's back right like it just for whatever reason this i think it was so what was so antiquated about it was because when we walked into the scene, he was irate. He was destructive and he was doing things. So that all automatically puts me in the defense like, okay, 
I'm hyper vigilant in my surroundings, so I need to see what's going on. And and so you, when you're dealing with in these type of crisis moments, you have to be able to see the beginning, the middle, and the end in the situation. Like I I go in the room and I scan everything and I kind of process how I'm going to maneuver or how I'm going to interact with this person to calm them down because he was in an elevated state. So I had to bring the temperature down in the room. So then with that being said, and he's doing this, so it's like, okay, that is the, you're saying these things as a distraction to not look at what the problem is. So I had to, and I'm able to do that in my mind a split second, but at any time we're dealing with these crisis problems or, or I go in these situations, once the call is done, that's when your body is not in fight or flight mode no more and you're like, you're not going off adrenaline, so you kind of process things and so sometimes there's times where that's why i it's, there's times where i'm like really tense afterwards and i have to like okay relax myself or that's why i like to do massages like twice a month because of that tension so that's the reason why i knew it affected me yesterday because it was just a high it was a high concentrated situation that we were dealing with at that moment mm. so well, I'm glad that you processed it and worked it through. Yeah, it, I mean, hell, shit, I got to. Because <laughs> if not, it would wouldn't be nice. I wouldn't be nice to be married to. <laughs> so, um, but it wasn't really. Yeah, I, I I came up with that conclusion at about midnight. So, okay. But besides that, the week has been great. I haven't worked out. I still been on vacation mode, but next week I'm back at it. Hundred uh, feet. Hitting the ground running. So that's why I said we could food prep, make that shit happen because we have goals. Yeah. We got shit we got to do. So, but speaking of goals and things that people have to do, let's get into these hot topics. And let's go because the people got, are ready. Uh, They've been waiting for us to talk about this shit. And we've got a lot on the dock. We have so a lot to talk about. So the first thing, unfortunately, we have to talk about these celebrities and this, all these fucking divorces and separations. What's going on in the world, babe? Um, people are realizing what works for them and what doesn't, I think. Um, and I think the most important thing that I see this as people are just not opting to be miserable. Um, so I guess congratulations to them. Is it miserable or is it not? Or do you think people are just give up easily now in relationships? I think a little bit of both. I think honestly, a little bit of both. I think. With some of these relationships, yes. I think particularly with one, probably not <laughs> because of the, the, the time the time uh, frame of it all. But the first one that I wanted to talk about was uh, one that happened almost immediately after we posted our episode. Yo, I was week. like, can we go back and just add this shit in real quick for a second? No, so we can it talk about it right now. Jeezy... Rapper. Jeezy and rapper Jeezy and uh, television daytime personality Jeannie Mai. They were married two years ago, I believe. Yeah. And when it happened, it to me it just made sense. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cute because I, we used to watch The Real, which she was on, and Jeannie has always seemed extremely comfortable around black folks. Right. And she was married to a white guy that was a bit of a square and they just looked like a mismatch to me so when i found out her and jeezy were together getting married i was like okay this is i guess this is 
this is right. This feels right for her. And she was with her ex for about like 10 to 14 years. And I just figure, okay, this is what she was missing. This is what she wasn't getting. The spice that she needed. Yeah, this was the okay. spice that she was looking for. And then she had, she got pregnant. It was like, okay, clearly this is what she always needed because her ex-husband, the reason why they separated was because he wanted children. Right. And she was uh, so against it. And next thing you know, she pops up pregnant with a rapper's baby. And her her reasoning was because she's never felt... Uh, comfortable enough to have a man's baby or secure enough. Right. So Jeezy made her feel that way. Cut to last week. <laughs> we find out that uh, Jeezy was the one that filed for divorce uh, from Jeannie Mai. And for the most part, it's been completely quiet on all fronts. No one, from what I know, no one has released any official statements or gone or talk to any press or publications the only thing that i've read um over the past week came from um celebrity blogger personality funky dineva um actually spoke out and said that jeezy allegedly didn't like that Jeannie mai's family was moving into their house and he was against her walking their daughter to school because of safety concerns. Now, Jeannie Mai is of Filipino? Asian? She is... We should know because she mimics her mom every chance she Vietnamese. gets. Vietnamese. Vietnamese. Yes, yeah, it was like, Vietnamese. Like, I was thinking, my was so bad. I thought about pho. I was like, who sells pho? Vietnamese. <laughs> Listen, that's just how my brain works. Pho, Vietnamese people. Okay. Um, yes. And if you watch Turn the Real, you know, she's very close with her mom and, you know, Mama Mai, yes. very family oriented. And I can, you know, Vietnamese culture, you honor your elders and they, you know, move in with you and you, you know, you don't ship them off and give them money and send them away. You kind of, as they get older, they become closer and they move closer and right. they're around you and you're around them. So I can see that happening because in black culture, that don't necessarily happen. Well, not all the time. And I feel like Jeezy was a family-oriented guy. I believe he has another. He has. Was this the first child that he has? Oh, I have no prior. idea. About Jeezy. I'm a fan of Jeezy's. Um, and so, what's surprising to me in this whole story is both times you get you're filing for a divorce. It was the men that you were married to who filed first. Baby, all I'm saying is baller alert and the shade room had the comments popping and flowing. And they were bringing receipts because Jeannie had said some shit back in the day on the real that had Tamar side eyeing her because she mentioned that dark meat is just is the size, but she prefers white meat. It keeps her right and uh, uh, lean and right. Lean and right. Shit, she said. So take for that what you will. Reboot to the lines with that one. And so, a lot of people in the comments were like, well, she already told y'all motherfuckers from the get-go what it was, so why do you think this is a surprise? But I'm very curious to know, you know, you have two men file for divorce from you, so what is it that you're doing? Not blaming you, but just kind of making you have some awareness about the situation? Well, I mean, with the first with the first relationship, I think the awareness was there. She didn't want to have kids with this man because she didn't feel protected, or she didn't feel like she wanted to 
co-parent with this fool. <laughs> so that is good enough grounds to divorce someone and understandable. Um, in this particular instance, you know, who's to say why Jeezy filed for divorce? Um, and not putting it all on her. He is a rapper. He is. And there's a lot of, you know, implications that can be said about rappers and how they want things to go, especially rich rappers. So it may have been, you know, his way or the highway. Who knows? He may have probably been like, why your mom always here? <laughs> like, what's going on? What, what the fuck I mean, is yeah, going on? It, yeah, two things. That can also be true. I, I, it's unfortunate. I I think the world was shocked, at least the, you know, people as far as um, social media world and hip hop world. Because it was like, damn, like they looked like a very cute couple. Yes. They looked very, you know, sexy together. And that daughter is gorgeous. Beautiful little girl. Beautiful. And it just kind of sad that this happened. And that's why I asked the question to you when you mentioned the fact that people divorcing. And I'm like, well, well, you know, congratulations. Yes, I always say congratulations if you find yourself being better off. But it's also, I, I'm cut from the cloth of you need to work. Like marriage isn't post. It's. You need to fight for shit. You need to make sure you do, I believe, everything you can before you try to end the marriage. And I just look at my grandparents as a prime example of being together for 41 years, having 11 kids. And I'm quite sure they had a whole lot of shit that happened, but they stuck the shit out. And I think that it's so easy now in this day and time, people aren't willing to fight for something that they see could be something. Or the fact that you just take your vows really fucking serious. Like, you, you know, you had a whole ass wedding and you did this in front of your family and friends. And I just think personally, in my opinion, that if people are trying to divorce, their family and friends should be surrounding them to try to help say, Hey, you guys, we were there for you. We need to uplift you to help you out. So it's so unfortunate that they have that situation. It seems like, but I wish them well on everything. Uh, another couple that it seems like didn't have this uh, <laughs> rally of people around them was Iman Schubert and Tiana Taylor. Now, I feel like this separation surprised me way more than Jeezy and Jeannie Mai because they look like genuine friends. Like when they are, yeah. you know, they had a real, uh, reality show. And when they're just seen around, out and about, they look like homies. Like, there looks like a good rapport that's there. And it is apparently still there because she, uh, Tiana Taylor, was the one that brought the information to light on yeah. an Instagram post. And the picture was of them dressed like Wayne's World, uh, Wayne and Garth. It was actually a super cute picture. And in the caption, she stated that they are still best friends and this was something that was amicable and what was best for both of them and she also mentioned infidelity was a part of what caused this she but said they, wasn't or was she said was but she said wasn't it, well i know the word no, was, that's, a, the that's a big <laughs> that's a huge difference <laughs> i believe I, she said it wasn't putting uh speculations to rest because it was pictures that came about recently in the past few weeks of him with another woman hmm. and she said it wasn't infidelity okay. to kind of so say okay. whatever he was pictured doing was after the fact that they had because they've been separated for a while and people yes. just didn't know about it and it wasn't exactly okay. so, so it was okay, not <laughs> it was i just not. thought she said it was so like because they talked about having threesomes you know together so it was like well shit if he having threesomes together and he's stepping out or vice versa like i mean what's the big fucking deal you guys are you open that 
door to Pandora's box. You open up Pandora's box and it's in your relationship. So what's the problem? Yes. It's, she said specifically to be 1000% clear infidelity ain't one of the reasons for the part. Okay. I just know if Fidelity was there. I didn't know if it was or wasn't. Hey. <laughs> I said the word. I saw the word and saw then I the word. And then I kept scrolling. And I just kept looking and strolling. Drawing but I also conclusion. feel the fact that, you know, they said separated. So there could be possible reconciliation with them. And they're not filing for the divorce. It just said that they've been separated. I mean, it may just be easier to do it that way. That way Hell, I have a auntie and uncle who've been separated for 5,000 years. There you go. Still, I mean, never divorced. They still, I mean, you know, live two separate lives and do what they do, but never said, never got a divorce. They're yeah, legally my, still married. My grandparents died married, and I never knew them to be together in all of my years of life. So that said something, and uh, they both died when I was like in my mid and late twenties. So that entire time, I never even saw them. I think I only saw them in the same room like three times. Oh, wow. So, so yes, th- that happens. is that is definitely happening. Yeah, but they had two children together, right? Two daughters? Yeah. Yes. I'm a fan of Tiana. I just, them together, I never, I don't, I've never watched the show. I don't know if you ever watched the show they had on no. VH1. So, but, you know, again, <laughs> happy if you're happy. It's unfortunate, but another unfortunate situation. Now, this is the one that's like, well, shit. Y'all couldn't figure this shit out. 27 years, Hugh Jackman and his wife call it quits. Deborah Lee Furness, who was, I believe, 16 years his senior. Not that that has anything to do with it. But I remember when Hugh Jackman first came out on the scene popping, you know, young, tight skin, Wolverine, right. looking juicy. And everybody would see him on red carpets with his wife. And it was always like, wait, what? <laughs> like, it was always like, pardon? Uh, excuse me? Um, she's a pretty woman. She's just... Older? N- not even necessarily older. She's just a little, you know, homely looking. Okay. Compared to, at the time, Hugh Jackman's, you know, sexiest man alive ness that he was giving off so people were always speculating and saying things about their marriage from the inception of his celebrity which was like in 1999 when the first x-men movie came out huh i've never i've never seen her before until i looked her up right now so that reaction mixed with you know the fact that Hugh Jackman is a song and dance man he loves theater he's the music man he can kick higher than a rocket <laughs> you know there's been rumors swirling Amen. about and the gays are reveling in this announcement really? of his separation because they feel like you know they're gonna see him at Fire Island next year, living his truth. So, so Wayne Brady opened the door so Hugh Jackman can run. I mean, <laughs> time will only tell. But this marriage, like you said, it went on for 27 years. At that point, I would just be like, you know what? Let's just fucking move into separate let's estates. Buy two different houses. <laughs> let's, like, just, like, let's just you move move, into if separate you estates. are a, an alleged beard at 67 years old, she's 67, he's 54. Um, there's nothing wrong with that, but you did you did it for twenty seven. That's a, that's a whole child. Just write it out. Just write that just shit. Just write out. it that's, out. At a certain point, it's like, well, really, like, can't y'all just figure a, an arrangement out that you're both happy with at some point if you have gone this 
this long in the distance, who's and who else is gonna want you? Well, not necessarily who else is gonna want you because you know they're both still very viable, right? Uh, because Hugh Jackman is the Hugh Jackman, and she has fifty percent of his estate, so somebody gonna want Mama. But the thing is, it's like. Why all the fuss? Like, why all the paperwork? Why all the separation of a state? Like, those are lawyer fees. Like, I don't yeah. know. It's just like, just stay married, move to into separate estates. Like, just I don't know. Figure it out. Yeah, I, you know. Well, if you're saying the gays are um, speculating, and I'm quite sure there's been a couple of uh, course boards who have signed some NDAs from Hugh Jackman. I would not be surprised. Allegedly, I'm just I would not speculating. be surprised. The Music Man. Uh, yeah, I, I would not be shocked at all. So, but one thing I was shocked about this next topic, the VMAs were last Sunday. No, last Tuesday. Tuesday. Forgot, sorry, because normally the VMAs is a, a event to bewilder. They were announced on MTV. You would set your meals around, at least for us, we would. It, it like, hasn't been it that a, way since the <laughs> It was a big to-do. <laughs> it hasn't been that way since the 2010. But it was a big to-do. And it happened on the random Tuesday, Taco Tuesday. And the big shot for me was that NSYNC came back together on stage after 10 years of not being all, all of them together. Because it would be four, and Justin would be like, I ain't fuck with y'all niggas. Right. So they came on stage Presented, you know, my girl Taylor Swift with an award for just breathing because she gets That's all of the gets. fucking yeah, awards at the a VMA. Best blinking award. Of yeah. But all that to say is if these motherfuckers announced uh, a reunion tour, just no tickets are brought already. I'm already practicing my choreography from all the shit from the albums. When I was in the dance studio, seeing them rehearse, like I'm bringing all that shit back. I'm bringing back 2002 body. That that's happening. If they talk about a reunion tour, what say you? Oh, absolutely. I and the thing is, if they were to do a reunion tour, I don't want to see anyone in those fucking stadiums because it would be a stadium tour. I don't want to see anyone in those fucking stadiums that was born. After 1995. If you ain't born in the 1900s, you can't come. Period. Like, you don't know NSYNC. You weren't there. It, you, you, your heart it isn't tearing up. You don't no. remember watching TRL. Like, you know, you just, you're, you're pretending and you don't even really understand the nostalgia and the excitement for the moment. You're just a poser pretending not imposter syndrome yes you're in it you are a young imposter that is just there to scream like don't even waste your time yeah, no no seriously like they need to have an age verification of ticket master with like if you're not born in 1900s you cannot purchase a ticket like the end because that is it. let me get my thoughts together when they announce it I'm just going to be ready with my credit card. Now, there's rumors saying that there is speculation. They could possibly be kind of being courted for the Super Bowl. Yeah, I heard that they were trying to do like a mega boy band moment where it would be like other boy bands as well. And, you know, I'm not opposed to it. Um, Let me tell you one small secret. If these motherfuckers say NSYNC and Backstreet Boys, I'm falling the fuck out going on tour. 
That's even going to be for more of a situation of me just getting back to 2002 body because all of the dancing that's going to ensue at this concert is going to be crazy. But we talked, we talked about this and you mentioned the fact that you don't think that that would be a good idea for NSYNC because no, Backstreet be a, has already been torn already to yeah, get together. Backstreet has shot their load all over Vegas. <laughs> so it wouldn't be as exciting or there would be no anticipation for it. That would be a bad look on NSYNC's part and that's something that they would never do. If Backstreet Boys you know, didn't reunite and have been having shows the past 10 years because they have then yeah it would have been you know the anticipation would have been high on both ends but NSYNC can completely do this by themselves because no one has seen them perform in years no one has seen them in the same room before you know the other night in years so it's definitely and they all look good they all look like they're in fighting shape and they better hear you because listen i love me joe joey was joey probably was one of my favorite like i had like the biggest crush on joey but daddy getting a little old daddy you know he was in he's oh, yeah. in all five big greek fat weddings and you know he's a man of a particular age so we don't want joey to have have a bobby brown situation you know what i mean like Bobby, the new edition tour, he had to have someone help rip off his outfit. We don't want that for Joey. And then Chris also is Chris up there in age Chris as well. Is, is, wasn't Chris the oldest one? He yeah, that, that's hence why I'm saying like he has to oil the knees. Like there's going to be a lot of CBD oil going on for the knees for Chris. No shade, I'm just saying. But I feel like they can get back in that shape, hit the gym, do what they got to do, and like you said, they all looked really good and. I'm just waiting for the announcement. So if, if they are, fingers crossed, doing the Super Bowl with other boy bands, I can't wait for the dates that they kick off. Um, we need to find out our connection, who knows Lance, or find a connection to Lance to um, be in his circle to figure out when are the dates happening for the store because I feel that my spirit is going to happen. So but, we got something else. It would be a, a, a nice look, but... Since we're talking about reunions really quick, I'm putting out into the universe Come a on. Destiny's Child reunion. Because in reality, as big as NSYNC was, they were the first to like sell two million albums in one week. I do and I will put I will put this down in records. I'm being recorded so you can play this back <laughs> for the history books. If Destiny's Child, not just DC3, rock with me. But they invite Latoya and Latavia to be a five-part group. What about Fair? Fair never stepped into a recording studio. Literally, Fair just got onto the Say My Name set, did some poses, and we never saw her again. She does not count. I don't even know what her speaking voice sounds like. But if you were to get the five members that actually sung on record okay. to come back together to do a, an American tour. It doesn't even have to be a world tour. Yeah. But just an American tour, I guarantee you they would sell more than NSYNC. Oh, Mark absolutely. My words. I believe that. Especially believe with that. all the cachet that Beyonce has in this world now. Yeah. Mixed with the nostalgia of 90s R&B. Yeah. And the fact that all five of them have never been together. Ever. Ever. 
ever like all. that's something that has never happened NSYNC has been together and has toured before yeah but the fact that you could see something that has never happened in a destiny's child reunion they would outsell NSYNC quadruple mark my word but to even go even further with that because it would be the battle of 1997 both groups both debuted debuted in 1997 okay so it would be who has the biggest strong base of fans who would come out to support you that would be that would be very interesting also and i do agree with you i bet money that destiny child would but I, no, mm, no no i don't know because there's a lot of white girls the white girls they they, they you see how they fought for Taylor swift shit so i just feel like it may be it, it may be a run for the money for dc no because you've been to a, a beyonce concert it was a lot of white girls there but it was more at Taylor swift concert so like those and those same girls Taylor Swift, the older ones like they were big fans of NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. So I'm saying that white girl money that, that you know the um high high boots, little the ankle bootlets girls. Oh no, I it's strong. It's strong. I, I, I absolutely hear what you're saying, but Destiny's Child. I don't think could get those girls, but Beyonce can because those same girls kicked off their little ankle boot, they suede ankle boots, and found them some silver shit <laughs> for the Renaissance tour. Right. So Beyonce would bring in that crowd, while Destiny's Child would bring in the '90s nostalgic R&B black folks that Beyonce too would bring. Yeah, no, I told. Listen, I, I'm I'm siding with you on this, but I, I'm also like looking like playing devil's advocate. It's like, wait, like I remember TRO days, like when Destiny Child with Carson Daly. Destiny Child had the fans outside; they were there. But when in sync, they shut New York City down. Oh, absolutely. So like, I'm yeah, just like, looking at those fans now. Me. So it would just be a great. It would just be great for the culture. Period. It would be a great. Nineteen ninety, the nineteen hundred people. We will love that because we need that. We need. We we're back. We're at the age now where our parents were going to the OJs. These are. This is our OJs. This is our whispers. This is our, you know, the BGs. Like this is, this is uh, Led Zeppelin. This is our people. Like it was to our parents, you know. So it's just that time now. Put bygones, let bygones be bygones. Get over your egos and let's do these tours for the fans. I think that's Lisa the most Halper. important part. Just do it for the fans. Do it for the fans. Like the VMAs did it for the fans. And they had some great performances. Now, did they? <laughs> they did. Because two of my favorite performances were Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. Mm -hmm. Now, Bongos is not really my joint. It's a cute song. It's very cute. I can play it and do a little bounce bounce. But the performance that they did killed it. It was very cute. And the fact that this is a Cardi B song. She looked amazing. She had a misstep in the choreography for a second. But when Meg came out, my eyes cannot leave Meg at all. Like I, That's all I saw. She had Laser the most charisma on stage than any other rapper, I think, period. Male or female. She just... She's so charismatic on stage. She's so charismatic. She's such a style. And she's her body is in the best shape of her fucking life. She's a, looks amazing, and 
they killed it. But I love the I love their friendship, their unity. They walk together, just like little cute moments. You can tell they have fun. They have fun, and they actually both like each other. And that was the great thing because you know the people were worried because you know Nikki had Nicki Minaj hosted the VMAs, and of course she won some awards because she wasn't gonna win the award she was gonna host. We all know this, and I found it. I wanted to know what was going on backstage because I'm like, did they have to have them separate? Did they have to have security, like a lot of security back there between for Cardi and Nikki? Because Nikki's, you know, uh, pedophile husband, sex offender husband who has registered yet and went on social media to threaten Cardi's husband, baby daddy, um, Offset. And now Mr. Petty, Nikki's husband, is face is now uh, serving 120 days of house arrest. Because I don't know why these goons think they can do shit on social media and they don't think people are going to watch them. They're PO officers and shit like that. They don't have access to your shit. So, kind of crazy. But to get back onto the VMAs, one of my, my second favorite performer performance was one of my personal favorite rappers and one of, a great person. But she's a little odd, but that's why I love her. Doja Cat mm-hmm. killed it. Mm-hmm. Doja Cat did a medley of her shit and her new song, Paint the Town Red, which is my fucking theme, theme song, all year long. She did some shit and her dancers fucking murdered their performance. I watched that shit like back to back five times and mm. I was like, she's going to be the GOAT. Like, people underestimate her. I th- a lot of people rock with her, but mark my words, just keep watching her. She's very... She's very conscientious of what she does and how how she creates music and the visuals and the uh, the effects she wants to leave into the world. So I love those. You can't, I can't wait for her concert because going to be there again. Who was some of your favorite performances, babe? You know, I would probably mimic yours and say those two. I didn't have any other standouts really um, because it just wasn't a great show (laughs) i mean i see i see i saw what they were trying to go for with bringing the now and the nostalgia by having presenters like timbaland and ellie Furtado, who looked amazing and bringing the you know nsync out and stuff like that i just think it is telling that today doesn't have the stars that the early 2000s and the 90s did because back then when the mtv the vmas were at its peak like the golden era of the vmas which was the late 90s early 2000s yes they had celebrities and presenters from that time they had people from that time in the audience and now we have presenters from that time not from this time but from that time and that just says a lot about the music industry in general today and mtv has been doing this for the past like two or three years where they stock presenters from like 20 years ago to kind of pull at the nostalgic strings and the only people they have in the audience that they keep cutting to is like fucking Taylor Swift and Demi Lovato and Tiffany Haddish like they cut Tiffany Haddish so many fucking times because that's all that that's the big star quality that's there like I remember watching the VMAs 
And it would be the fucking Spice Girls sitting next to Janet Jackson, sitting next to Q-Tip with Mariah Carey behind them and like Whitney Houston in the corner. Like yeah. literally <laughs> Titans. That was one of my main reasons why I would watch the um, award shows is to see all of these huge celebrities mingling together because yeah. you would rarely see them in, you know, in the same settings like that. Now it's just one bitch. They just cut in a tailor dancing, dancing with a solo cup all yeah. night. It's like, <laughs> and you know, and cutting to random people. And little Nas X. Yeah, and, and like sea fillers. Like, okay. Yeah, and they also had Taylor with different people. Like, when they, when they, one shot that was like Ice Spice next to her, next it was like some other random black dude and just multiple people just kind of interchangeable <laughs> in that situation. Yeah. But, you know, I maybe have like two more VMAs in me because there were people on this show like, who the fuck is this? Like, I'm not into K-pop. I'm not into, you know, music where I don't know what the hell you're saying. Different language. I, I, I need to I need to know the words. And I, I don't want to learn another language to, to sing the song. Like, that's just not how I rock and get down. And... There's just a lot that was happening. I was just like, you know what? I think this, I, I got two more. Two more VMAs. I, I think I'm going to tap out. Yeah, the only reason why I tuned into this year, to be completely honest, was uh, when they announced Cardi and Megan was performing. And I already knew Nikki was hosting. So I was like, ooh, I'm curious oh, to see mess. how that's going. Yeah. yeah, I was here for the mess. Because the last time, you know, Nikki was a part of the award show. You know, she called out the then host, Miley Cyrus. Miley, what's good? So I was hoping for another moment like that. I'm not going to lie. I was here for the mess. There was no mess because Cardi and Megan promptly left right after their performance. (laughs) They said, uh, bring the cars around. And that was that. that. And just before we close out, I just want to give a shout out to Shakira because she did win the Michael Jackson Video Vanguard Award. So deserving. Yes, um, and she mimed her way across the stage. Kudos to Mama. <laughs> kudos. Those hips was a line, baby. So you know that, that was the VMAs. Was. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I don't. If you putting on a ten minutes performance for me for your video Vanguard Award, I don't care about lip sync. Because let's be honest, like all the majority of the people, motherfuckers have lip sync before. Oh, of course. So it's no live mic. So that's just give me a show. Give me the entertainment of it all so but for me that's all i have for vmas i have even less so what you do have is some interesting tea about a bitch and a gay man let me rephrase that yes please (laughs) okay i saw it going somewhere i saw it going somewhere but it went left i'll just take it take it back right so uh (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. I have some tea from the internet, specifically Instagram, where actress Angelica Ross went on a live and shared her thoughts about her experience working with not only actress Emma Roberts, but Ryan Murphy. So let's pause for a second. So Angelica Ross is, she's a trans woman actress who actually played Candy on Pose. If you guys watch Pose. Yes. Just give people some background. Okay. Okay. So Angelica Ross, while working on American Horror Story 1984, there was a gentleman on the crew um, that would wear 
racist uh, graphic t-shirts to set every day. He was what? a part of the crew. Um, so one shirt would say, build a wall, build the wall. Another shirt <laughs> would say, you know, I'm not going to kneel or just things like that. Okay. And it was buzzing around the set that everybody was kind of uncomfortable, but he made it a fifth uh, or first amendment um, right. situation. Okay. Like, this is my right. And all that jazz. So, she had an issue with it while filming one day. Said that she wouldn't continue to film unless they either made him change his shirt or turn his shirt inside out. So it was a stalemate because he wouldn't do it because of the First Amendment. She wouldn't come back out because she wasn't comfortable out of her trailer. So it got escalated up to Ryan Murphy where they had a back and forth. Uh, and the only reason why he reached out to her was because she posted something on then Twitter saying that she gets frustrated that she has to fight for civil rights, you know, during her downtime, but also while she's at work. So it wasn't until that tweet got out that he reached out to her and was like, I don't understand why people, celebrities go to um, air out their grievances online. And she said, well, it got you to connect with me, didn't it? <laughs> so... Shots fired. Shots fired. She's been airing out a lot of shit. Now, I'm not sure why she's burning this bridge because I personally have not seen Angelica Ross in anything other than a Ryan Murphy produced production, <laughs> uh, production right. period. in general. Uh, but she also went on to say that he reached out to her in July of 2020 via email okay. saying that he wanted to create an all black American horror story season and said that it would star her and he also asked her for other names that she think would be great she gave him names she said uh, he said her and Kiki Palmer and he wanted some other names and okay. she gave him a great list actually of names to consider and nothing came from it Nothing at all. There's been no communication, no follow-ups or anything. Okay. And a lot of speculation had to do with the date. July 2020. That's when everybody was filling their black square uh, profile picture. <laughs> you know, uh, Black Lives Matter. Right. Every white person that you know wasn't a super liberal was apologetic and really trying to overcorrect their wrongs and the wrongs of their ancestors the white guilt exactly so angelica has felt like he's been performative and not necessarily the ally that he has tried to come across as uh and more shockingly the tea that she spilled was also on that set of uh, American Horror Story 1984 that Emma Roberts um, was manipulative and playing mind games on set with uh, essentially everyone and was creating a hostile work environment. One uh, situation in particular, a person from the crew was addressing both Angelica and Emma at the same time and said, hey, ladies... To which Emma stopped the uh, worker and said, don't you mean lady? 
Oh shit! Ooh, not in front of a trans girl. Girl. So <laughs> Angelica Ross aired out everybody uh, this past week. I would love. I wish we could have her on the pod and ask how her week was going. <laughs> right. Uh, because she kind of went for a free for all. Now she said in a separate tweet: "The last three years have been a nightmare in ways you are only beginning to know about." This is about a series of events that tell a different kind of horror story. People on here are going, are being unpaid extras whose inhumanity is frightening. Just know I'm prepared to face every demon. So I guess we're going to have to stay tuned to see exactly who else she'll be dragging. Clearly. Um, with her time at under Ryan's Murphy, under Ryan Murphy's wing because it's very obvious that she will no longer be there. I just hope that, you know, because I do believe that she's very talented. Yes. Uh, she's a very talented actress. So I hope that, you know, someone else gives her a chance and she has further opportunities. I just find it very interesting of what can go on behind the scenes of, you know, these productions that people, a lot of people just don't know about. Yeah, and it's interesting also the fact that she is, I'm not going to say doing... Um, career suicide, but you know you can have your grievances about different people and talk about the the things and, and tell your truth. No one is isn't saying that, but I think it it does kind of put people at caution to want to work with you because it's like, well, if if I fuck up or if we have some in-house issues are you then going to continue to air out or keep yeah. tabs or document for one that's beneficial for you when something doesn't go your way and that's the kind of double-edged sword like there's nothing wrong with telling your truth and and really advocating for the rights if you saw some injustices happening or you felt that you were unjustly fired or what have you it just also It's something to be aware about, be aware of that knowing this, you could harness yourself and you can blackball yourself without someone doing it. Which is unfortunate because sometimes, well, majority of the times, that's the only way change is actually made. Yeah. There has to be a sacrificial lamb because, again, if you don't air people's shit out, they tend to not want to change. Yeah. And I, and, and, but also, I, I also beg the question to say, okay, it. Could this have been a conversation you have had in private with this person? Could you have worked through your issues without having to go through this point or doing a lot? Like, could you have had a set down? And if you tried those things and, and nothing, uh, you know, came from that, then okay, fine. But if you haven't, like, why wasn't that an option? Like, I always just look at there are multiple avenues before we take this one particular road. You know what I mean? So it's like, did you, and that's the optimistic person in me just looking, trying to problem solve something. But again, she felt how she felt. Then babe, baby girl, you did what you did. And I hope that you are able to, your talent speaks for itself and you still get booked and get, you booked and busy for the gigs. Um, so yeah, I mean, but there's a lot of verses going on. Cause shit, uh, Holly Berry, uh, shaded Drake, um, because that motherfucker used her likeness without her consent or a paycheck. So the situation is that 
further came out because everybody was like, Hallie, chill. Like, what's your beef? Like, it is a public photo actually owned by Getty Images. So, okay. Hallie has no say over who can do anything with this particular picture. Oh, okay. Because it's not even owned by, by her. her. It is of her, but it's not owned by her. Her issue with the situation, and this is... Um, this image was the cover art for Drake's new single with SZA called Slime You Out. And it was a picture of Hallie getting at the Nickelodeon Awards from the 90s, getting like the green, green slime I always poured hated that on shit. her. Like that looked so disgusting. I always wanted to like throw up. <laughs> it looked seen cold. It. Yeah, like uh, who thought, like who said kids love slime? Like where did that narrative come from? Because you weren't a slime kid. I wasn't, I wasn't a slime kid. I wasn't a kid going to Chuck E. Cheese, jumping into the balls and shit. Yeah. Like I, I thought you got pink eye and that was going to get sucked in by the monster who was the monster, the, uh, the ball monster. I was always told I because I had I had extremely long hair as a child and I was always told that I would get a wing worm on my head and they would have to shave my hair off. If you so jumped to the balls. If I if I jumped into the balls, if I got into the sand pit, yeah. anything with dirt because okay. my mom just didn't want to fucking clean anything. So that's how <laughs> she terrified me of staying uh clean. Uh but so back to, to Drake. So Hallie's issue with the situation was Drake came to her initially and asked for her permission to use her likeness. Okay. She told him no. Respectfully. And he turned around in true Drake messy queen form did it anyway. So her beef was don't ask me if you were going to do what you wanted to do mm-hmm. anyway. And that's actually what she went on to post on Twitter. She was like my issue is if you're going to do it from the jump, don't even fucking ask me. Just right. do it. And then she asked, do you guys get it now? Why I'm upset? As one should. And at that point, we're no longer friends. Yeah. If we at that point, like we're no longer friends. You did some fuck shit. And clearly this cover art was more important than our relationship, whatever degree it was at. So enjoy your single. Enjoy my slime photo. That's all you're gonna get, and I wish you well in life. True. I mean the <laughs> the end. It, the cover art is great for the song title. It is absolutely. Amazing. It's really not because I I don't feel like it equates. I know the song slime you out, so I'm like I guess he's trying to like fuck her till she's wet and oh, uh, I don't gushy know. or whatever. <laughs> listen, straight people do a whole I lot listen, of things. I don't I know. I listened what to the song and I did get through with it because it was so bad. It's just like a slow ballad. Drake is singing. It's not. I'm not a fan of him thing. of his. Um, but apparently, I guess slime you out means let you out or I don't know, make you wet and or gushy or squirt. I don't fucking know. Yeah, I don't live in straight world. But clearly, he thought it was. A good situation and he thought that this was better for him than his relationship with Holly sorry if I'm taking pauses friends out there I'm, you know we're transparent I made some shrimp garlic uh, noodles tonight and the garlic is now revisiting with the tequila so you know it's a party in my mouth all right with the, well. <laughs> with the inner belching and burps that's happening that you guys aren't listening aren't privy to so but yeah, you know, mm, Drake, you lost a friend. 
C'est la vie. C'est juste la vie. But that's it with the beef. It's it's well cooked and well done. <laughs> the beef has been cooked for the duration of this podcast. I don't know. We still got some more beefs going on. But shit, right now we're going to talk about some interesting topic because I found this to be very um, compelling. And I say that because I want to have an open conversation. And it's a, it's a race-based conversation. So there was a contest that like a Miss America. We have Miss America. Which a Miss America... Every woman is able to compete, right? Yeah, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, Lebanese, all of the things, okay? But if there's a Miss Zimbabwe... Yeah? Situation going on. I was at a contest. I was trying to see uh, competition. Would you expect all the contestants to be black? Because it's Zimbabwe and it's in Africa and it's Zimbabwe. Yes. So, the new Miss Zimbabwe is of um, colonizer descent. And if you don't know what colonizer descent means, she's of the Caucasian persuasion. And the comments on the social media has been unmatched. And it's, it's fucking great. Now, do you think that a Caucasian woman should be crowned, should have been crowned Miss Zimbabwe? Compared to a black woman that she was her, her the final two was was one stringy hair blonde, six foot tall white woman and another black woman who um, same height, but wasn't blonde. What do you think? So I mean, the reality is white people are in Africa. They just are. White people live in Africa. Uh, white people are born and raised in Africa. So, you know, if that's who they choose to represent their country, um, okay. But my thing is, I need to see that that cross in multicultural representation across the board. So... I'm going to need to see a black chick from China. <laughs> like, because the reality is... No, seriously. The reality is, is black people, people are everywhere. People right. are everywhere. Like, there's white people in Africa. There's black people in Germany. Like, there are Russian black people. They they are. I mean, it's, it's, they're very few and far between, but they are. And I need to see that cross-representation. Oh, just all over the board and not necessarily have this just be it. Um, that's what I have to say about it. Yeah, so I want to say her name. Her name is Brooke, Brooke Jackson. And so she goes to her Twitter and not to her Twitter. She goes to her IG and she posts, my heart is full of joy and gratitude. Thank you to each and every one of you for your kind messages and support. God is good. She goes on to say, I have gained this crown for the our beautiful country to love and to serve our people to represent Zimbabwe internationally and to show the world the uniqueness of Zimbabwe and Zimbabwe wins. I guess that's their name for the people. Um, I want to be an example of grace, understanding and inspiration to the youth of Zimbabwe to instill the spirit of Ubuntu. 
I don't know what language that is. That's just Zimbabwe language. Ubuntu. And to know that together we are strong and anything in life is possible. So she was actually crowned um, Miss Universe Zimbabwe 2023. Girl. <laughs> Your people ain't even from Zimbabwe. I'm sorry. Like, I have... Zimbabwe people are African. Of black descent. Yes, you're Caucasian. You were if you were born in Zimbabwe, I guess that would make you Zimbabwe. Like people who white people born in Africa, they said they're African. Like Charlie Sterling, she's like she considered herself African. She was born she, in South Africa. Yes, yeah, it's like damn, like uh, uh, play on words. It's semantics, but okay, I got you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, little girls looking up in Zimbabwe, you don't look like them. Like you. Came over. I don't know how your family got there or what have you, but this isn't your origin of country. So it's a little. That's like someone going to Wakanda and when a white girl when they miss Wakanda. Listen, I know it's not a real country; it's fictional. But I'm just I'm trying to get that imagery in your head to see like this is is interesting. That's all I can say. That you know she she won. So. Congratulations, though. That, yeah, she, congratulations. she got the title. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I wonder um, how much money she wins with this title. And uh, it will probably be the most in history. <laughs> the most, uh, the biggest prize in the history. That she going on to the universe to represent Zimbabwe. <laughs> like I'm just looking at the country. Let's say she does go on to the universe, right? And she represents Zimbabwe. Like the announcers, you were like, "Wait, what?" Like. Miss Zimbabwe is her. Okay, you know, hey. But I would love to just speak or pick the the brain of the panel because they have to be. Yes. Like she didn't do this herself. Like she didn't no. go up there and be like, "I won." Like she was voted, and there were different rounds and different things. So I would just love to actually speak to the people that chose her. Well, no, I want to. I need a Netflix documentary. I want to go back. How do you the process? Like, let me compete in Miss Zimbabwe. There is a black woman here. Let me be the only Caucasian woman to compete. But in if this, that's where you're from, that's, that's where you're from. She's not. She's not going to get a passport and go to another country and be like. I live here now. Like that's where she's from. Like I'm, it, not, just, I'm not, and I'm. That's why I need to see a, a Netflix documentary about this because I am intrigued. Like I just want to. I really want to understand the thought process because I'm, you know, of you not nat, you not from this country origin, and. I just need to see a Netflix documentary. That's all I'm gonna okay. say. I'm a, I don't want to get canceled. We just got to Amazon Music <laughs> for the podcast, so I'm gonna keep all my thoughts inside my brain. But again, Brooke, girl, congratulations. Um, you know there will be many African men looking for you to do the things that they do. So <laughs> moving along with that, only way to trans- transition to this is just say shit, Monique wants her money. And Countess Vaughn is like, I need my shit too because I got bills to pay. So Monique took to oh, she took to her social media with her husband, Sydney, always, you know, her daddy, always by her side. And she talked about the grass with CBS and the fact that the Parkers 
came out 22 years ago? Yeah, uh, 22, sitcom, 24. The Barkers <laughs> yeah. on UPN came out. Yes, and so they're still in syndication, and, and they aren't receiving any... They Now, my understanding, they're not, something for the thought, they're not receiving any type of royalties from the show being in syndication. Now, my understanding is that they actually own the show or they own the rights to the show or something. Who, Monique? No, Monique, Monique and Countess, they own something with the show. I'll say that. I don't know what capacity, but they do own something with the show. And But they haven't been paid or compensated by CBS for, I guess, airing the show and the syndication and how those royalties work. I don't know the ins and outs of all that, mm. but Monique is saying, show us the money. Mm. Where my, and Countess Vaughn is like, yes, girl, where my money? Run me, run me that shit back. So, what do you think? You think that CBS is, you know, doing wrong and they need to get up, cut a check or... I mean, I hope they get their money. <laughs> like, there's I mean, other, like, there's no other point, counterpoint to this. If they haven't been getting paid for literally having a show in syndication for 20 plus years, they deserve to get paid. Case closed. I hope they get their money. Now, I, w- I was always under the impression with, as it pertains to royalties and residuals, like, the more it airs, the less money you get from it. I, I I have the slightest idea. I, I was I've heard that from like Hollywood insiders or people you know like actors whatever that we know or friends, but I always heard like the more stuff airs like the less your residual your funds it that you get from it because it it's in syndication and it it's like I almost say overpopulated but it it's just. The more it's being presented, the less you get. That's always. But it doesn't make sense because it seems like the more it's aired, the more ad dollars mm-hmm. that you it, get it like loses average. value. It's like a car when you take a car off a lot, it loses value. So that's that's what that's the impression I've been. So now, friends, if I'm wrong, please go to our IG page and put correct me. I don't have a problem being corrected. Or email us at oh that's my gay friend at gmail.com if you guys are in the business and how to know kind of know how this whole residual royalty checks work because you know the writer's strike is still happening and it's been five months and hopefully they can figure this shit out but we're trying to figure this out with the parkers but again we hope monique and Countess Wong get the money that they were deserved and now i think we want to go to our segment of how do you ever wonder why so this question i have is about Kids have gone back to school. You know, it's in mid-September. Some kids have started back in August. And they, schools, I should say, have focused on the wrong things, I think. So, have you you ever wondered why school focused on students' appearance instead of more focused on their education and them being productive and, and trying to be successful people to get them to graduate? Um, on time. I say that, I pose that question to you because there was a young man in Texas, 17 year old gentleman, and he has been suspended from school because he has dreadlocks. So I want to play a clip so friends out there, you guys can listen to it, and then we'll discuss. Senior-old Texas high school student Daryl George will continue in school suspension Monday after his school says he's in violation of their dress code for having dreadlocks. George attends Barbers Hill High School near Houston, where the dress code includes condition that boys' hair should not extend past their eyebrows or below their ears. 
Daryl's mother, Darisha George, has said that her son's been suspended since August 31st when he was first told he needed to cut his hair. It's the same week Texas has passed the Crown Act, which prohibits employers and schools from discriminating and penalizing people because of hair textures or protective styles, such as dreadlocks or braids. Texas is one of 24 states that have enacted a version of this law. The school has argued that their dress code does not violate the law because it does not mention length. They also say it is designed to prevent distractions, instill discipline, and teach authority. The George family argues the policy is prejudiced against its black students. 17-year-old tech... Now, hearing that story, seeing the photos, and it's on Baller Alert if you guys want to check it out. This young man has dreads. His dreads are... You know, they're shaped, they're pinned up, so they're not even below his ear. Because, they're, again, they are, we, only, we don't get a sense of how long they are. He just, we just know he has dreads and this, a lot of them. But it just looks like cornrows, if you if you go with that visual. So it's not below his ears, Um, so he's in compliance with that. But are we really suspending a student because of their fucking hair? And, again, a black student because they're here. So are we suspending... Caucasian suits because they or anyone who has long hair who has greasy hair who's not washed who's unkept and, and and not washing their hair like is are they also being suspended this is asinine to me I don't understand what the problem is with these schools what say you yeah I don't I don't understand it either I think with many schools because they're is such a big issue with public education and that they feel that there needs to be a fix of some sort to make it seem like they're affecting change they go for the lowest hanging fruit and it's usually the appearance and before the hair situation back in my day it was like the length of girls skirts and it had to be you know it couldn't be above if the girls put their hands down straight it couldn't be um, above their hands or their fingertips it it has always been something stupid something that the bigger scheme of things no one could give a shit about right and it i've never in all the years that i was in school ever saw someone like fail or flunk out of high school because there was a girl in their class that had a skirt too short or because someone had long hair or an afro i used to wear an afro i graduated very high in my class <laughs> i wasn't distracted at all and i don't think that i distracted any of my classmates so that argument to me never held water and i never understood it at all i feel like the family of this young man have an amazing case especially considering the state has enacted the crown act and the school is directly going against it right. because his hair if and i'll put it on the podcast it is not it's not below his ears the way he wears it is not below his ears right it's what i'm saying at it's all. kept up it is extremely kept up it is his hair is immaculate to be completely honest yeah. and it easily can mimic the style on his head of a Caucasian peer that just has like a pompadour or braided up a basket weed braided or some shit or not even braided but just with a side part 
and like their hair greased to the side. Like it literally, it, I'm saying that to say it has that much volume on his head as a white uh, student's hair would if they were to have just like a side part and like the, you know, home improvement uh, tanner boy hairstyle. <laughs> like it, it's not, it, it, it's Classic. not distracting. It's not distracting at all. It's not. And my thing, the language they're using for boys, it's like, well, why do boys have to have a shirt? Like, this is a military school. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, get some other business that's going on. This control you want to have over the students. Like, let them be individuals and be who they are. I hope he continues to to fight the good fight and take this all the way to the school board, superintendent, or whatever they need to take it to because it's really unfortunate that the school can, are finding this to be the issue that they want to um, double down on. Yes. They want to go to battle with this instead of looking at education or looking at the fact that, hey, he, how is his hair distracting to a distraction to his peers? Are they asking, asking attention? Like, what the fuck? Like, this, when I heard this story, I immediately was upset because, again, he can he can fight on the grounds of religion based or his spiritual practices, whatever. Like this is part of his who he is. So I hope this gets resolved. Um and I hope the school just, you know, suck the dick and fucking and choke on it. Because the administration they need to get with the times. They really do. There's other worry there's other big fish to fry worry about your percentage of students graduating going on to college how about that i would love to see the test scores yes of that district yes like let's, let's focus on what some good shit some real shit on. exactly because if those test scores ain't it then uh the hair of a young man is the last thing that you guys have to worry about at that part and with that being said friends we're gonna take a quick break pay these bills and come back with the reality roundup brb Back with the reality roundup. I think so. Yep, we're here. <laughs> so we're going to start with Roni. Roni. And this week, you know, the theme. More verses. More verses. <laughs> this week, the theme was prank wars. And someone got a crash course in realizing that black people don't do that shit. To be fair, a black person started the shit. So she should dish out what you're able to take. And now, who, who we're talking about is Uba and Aaron. Yes. So it's wrapping up this angle of the trip for the girls. And since day one or maybe two, um, Uba decided that it was a cute idea to throw Aaron into the pool. For whatever reason, which sometimes, hey, it can be fun, you know, um, if if it's not a deep pool, you know, to have fun with your friends and just kind of, you know, get the party started right. Yeah. However, Aaron was like, okay, bitch, you know, hey, I got it. You threw me in the pool. I'm going to get you back because Aaron's like, I come from a family of five. I'm the only girl, four brothers. So I grew up doing pranks all the time. I'm with the shit. You don't know where I'm going to come, but I'm going to get you back. So, I love the energy. It was fun. It was light. It was airy. Until it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, let me tell you. Because then, Umba 
the side, it's like, Aaron, okay, I know you're going to get me back. When are you going to get me? Like, she was on pins and needle. And later on in the episode, we just kind of fast forward to some things. We'll come back and touch other topics. But at one point, Sai's like, you know what? Just fuck. Uma tries to throw Aaron into the pool. She can't move her for whatever reason. And was that? Yeah. She, yeah. And so Sai just runs and pushes Aaron into the pool. And that's pushes that. Uber. Pushes Uber into the pool. And so Uber's like, okay, great. You got me. Yeah, everybody's laughing. We're back in fun. We had the fun. And Aaron's like, no, bitch, I didn't push you. <laughs> she was like, that was Sai. I love you, bitch, but that's not my get back. Mm. So the ladies have gone out on the town. They've been to a restaurant. Uma forgets her cell phone in one of the cars. So one of the drivers like, hey, this is your phone. Aaron was like, great. I have the phone. So she keeps Uma's phone pretty much all night. Uh-huh. And Uma's trying to find the phone. And she um, becomes worried that she, she's lost the phone. And they go group chat, a group message, and Aaron sends some emojis like, hmm, you know, the man with the, the hand on, on the chin, like, I don't know, where could it be? Cut to Sai saying, Uba, listen, Aaron has your phone. Went up there, gets the phone. Uba's pissed off at this point. And, yeah, it wasn't a pretty situation after that. No, it wasn't. It escalated very quickly because Uba did not share with Aaron her distaste in the prank and how it affected her. She, Aaron, had to find out kind of through the grapevine that how how upset Uba was exactly. And Uba was getting more upset that Aaron couldn't understand or didn't see that she was upset behind it. And it, it was, so Aaron had Sai on her side, and Uba had Jessel on hers, kind of mediating between the four of them. And I think that's where it went wrong. Instead of Uba and Aaron having a direct conversation of, hey, I know we had this prank thing going, but you crossed the line, and it made me feel this way. And Aaron saying, I didn't mean to, I apologize, and then squashing it. It went through unnecessary factors, Cy and Jessel and, you know, and Aaron still not communicating to Uba. And then when they finally are in the same room, Uba completely ignored Cy and Aaron. <laughs> All the, it was she that, cold shoulder. They talked that, to, uh, to Brian, but that was it. And that upped the ante immediately. And then it got to a place where... The ladies were eventually about to pack up and leave and everybody was huddled around the door. Aaron went to go get a bathing suit and Uba mentioned Aaron's name. Not even saying anything negative about her, but just mentioning how, oh, we're waiting on, I think it was like, oh, we're waiting on Aaron. She went up to go get a bathing suit. Aaron comes out, I heard my name. I don't want you saying my name because you haven't been talking to me all day and then things went immediately left like immediately a hard left a hard hard like when your your gps say hard left and went that left it, it went, went that harder. harder because <laughs> another point that we we haven't talked about is uber talked about the fact that it's her phone and so she's you know a one single woman her she talks to her family all the time she's always on her phone always ig or whatever 
And that's her contact to her family. And they worry about her because she travels so much. She's always out different countries. So, rightfully so, I get it. Also, it's your fucking personal phone. Like, after a while, everything's your fucking phone. Like, can you imagine going somewhere and losing your phone? Or you thought you lost your phone? Now, granted, yes. Okay, Aaron, you did a good job. You... The driver at, told you the phone was there. You got the phone. Great. You played for a little bit. Cool. You had it. You held it. She didn't think about it. But when you see someone is at night, 12 o'clock, 1 in the morning, looking for the, they're searching for the phone. At some point, okay, like, you know what? Hey, I was, like you said, I'm sorry. I thought this was a joke. Yeah. I have your phone. Because, Aaron, if it, the same thing happened to you, you have kids and a husband. You would have been pissed off if someone took your fucking phone. So I think Uber was trying to let him know, like, at what point do you stop fucking playing? You give me my fucking phone. Like it's not funny. I pushed you in the water. That's not. This doesn't equate to the same thing as a prank. That's my issue I have with it. You know, the only issue I have is that the ladies didn't put on their big girl panties and go straight to the issue or straight to the source of the issue. My problem was that you know when Uba ignored Aaron in the dining room, I would have immediately been like, Uba, can we talk? Because there is a huge misunderstanding that is taking place right now. Nipped it in the bud. As soon as Uba got the phone from Aaron, I would have said immediately, this was not okay. Right. I freaked. I was freaking out. And this is why. I'm single. My, you know, I'm in a different country. My family worries about me. I like to check in. I was worried that I could have lost all of my contacts. Because another thing that you may not understand is iPhones. There is a feature now where when you create a password for anything, your Gmail, your banks, your everything, on iPhone, they give you an option before you can even create a password where they create a hard password for you. Now, this password is about 12 to 15 characters long and it consists of capital letters, lowercase letters, numbers, exclamation marks. No, all of it. Yeah. Dashes, all of it. And that thing, and their reasoning is with that password, hackers can never, ever get into your shit. But the caveat of that is the only way you could ever log into that shit is through your phone. You can't even do it on your laptop. Because that password is just so fucking hard. There's no way you'll ever remember it. So, I can understand, <laughs> like, you know, the importance of needing your... I, know, I opt out of that shit. Because it's like, I don't want to be that person where if I lose my phone, I can't get into anything. Yeah, because you don't know like I, I Like, I need to know what my yeah. password is. If I need to, get, you know, sign in on something on your phone or sign on something on the laptop, I like to be able to do that. Yeah. So I completely understand the immediacy of wanting your cell phone when you think you've lost it, especially in another country. Well, to the point of that's why when you're saying that's why I, agree, I disagree with him. You're saying to talk to Aaron, say this is why my reaction. No, don't touch my cell phone. Me pushing you in the water is not does not equate to you taking my fucking personal property and holding 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 my cell phone hostage for several hours, and then when I'm Saying, hey, you guys, I can't find my phone. And then they put it in a group chat. Have you guys seen the phone? And you put fucking three emoji up. Bitch, no. I'm boxing your ass the fuck out. Like, all that shit, all that friend shit go by the wayside now. Because you have my personal fucking property. I pushed you in water. 
throw some water on me, bitch. Like, do some other shit, but don't fucking take my property. You take my phone, motherfucking, that's the end of our friendship. Like, that's no, no, trust and believe. Know that I'm boxing yo out. Male, male, female, whoever the fuck, everyone gonna get that fucking smoke. Don't touch my phone. That's my shit. I pay that shit. Don't ever touch my shit and try to play if it's a fucking prank. Are you kidding me? Nigga, I, man, I would be in jail and I would tell my husband, get the bail money. The money's right here. This is that bank account because I'm fucking you up on site. Well, no one has done that. So I'm just saying. I feel Uber. I feel Uber. I'm just saying. I feel Uber's frustration when she took that glass off that bitch. I felt that. She was like, bitch, what? Like, that's some serious. That's your phone. Yeah. You in a whole other country and a bitch got your shit playing with you? You playing in my face? Yeah. Bitch, hell no. We gonna, but, man, I'm gonna box that bitch up. Fuck this production shit. But Fuck this show. To bring it back to Sorry, what happened? zero stakes in this podcast <laughs> and us not knowing any of these women and us not having our phones taken. But I can see where Aaron... I can see Aaron's point in this. After... You know, Uba gave her the cold shoulder. I believe it was Bran she was talking to. Yeah. And she was like, I could have made a big issue when she threw me in the pool. Which is true. But uh, Aaron went on to say, but because I'm the cool one, I'm the go with the flow one, I just laughed it off and left it there. Right. To which I can only say, yes. Aaron could have immediately said she put her hands on me and made it a huge fucking issue. Sure. Because, yes, while we're saying she just pushed her in the pool, don't fucking push me in the pool. The same smoke that you have for the imaginary person that stole your phone, I would have for the imaginary person that pushes me in the pool. One, I can't swim. She didn't know fucking Aaron could swim. It's like, again, you putting your hands on me. I don't, I don't like pranks in general. I've never been a prankster. Right. I'm the oldest of three. We didn't get down like that at all. Yeah. <laughs> like, we didn't even try it because we just... Like, pranks aren't fun to me. Yeah. I don't laugh at them. When other people prank other people, I don't think it's cool. FYI, if you ever prank me, I, I'm not going to pull a Uber on you, but I will lead with my pinky finger and say, <laughs> don't. <laughs> and let's never do that again. Yeah. I just don't believe in them. Um, but yeah, Aaron could have easily made a big hubbub about it. So I can see to a certain extent where she's coming from and her just groping for something to get back at Uba with. That's why I wish that they would have just had a conversation because I don't think there was any malice on Aaron's part that would warrant, you know, getting fucked up. But again, <laughs> she is, you know, the only girl out of four boys, they probably have done some crazy, crazy shit. ass, yeah. egregious shit to each other. And this, to her, was nothing. And I agree with you. Also, Uber shouldn't have pushed her into the water. I completely agree with that because Aaron could have reacted the same way. Like, I'm a bitch, I'm going to box you up too. Yeah, so that's actually get that. I get that. <laughs> perspective also but then when you become okay with it you like okay i'm gonna get you back i'm gonna get you back all right cool i'm expecting the prank to be equal or lesser value 
Taking my cell phone ain't equal or less of value, bitch. I mean, uh, water, I'm putting you in the water. That's all subjective. That's not equal or less of value. That is water all subjective. Water compared to my cell phone? Okay. Not being able to swim? She can swim. And that water was... But she didn't find that out. And the water was like four, it was four feet deep. That, you wasn't going to drown. You I wasn't going to drown. Want, I don't give a damn if it's a, if it's a puddle. You don't wasn't going to drown. I, again, I completely agree with you on that. Completely hear you and agree with you on that. So, but you chose not to to bulk to bulk up and boss up at that time. That's fine. But yeah, it just it went left. But there was some other beef that was going on. Another beef was fucking um, Sai and, and versus Jessel. Yes. And Sai is my I, she's my least favorite right now. And she this episode solidified that for me for her. Yeah. Because you can't. Want to know someone and they tell you their story, and then you question them because she can easily question you. And we talk about, well, at least you had $20, I didn't have no money, so it's like, so we're gonna prepare, we're comparing who was poor. Like, if you want to know someone, someone's telling you their truth, take that, acknowledge it, and say thank you for sharing. But you want to argue with her. And wants to and say, I don't think you're telling me the truth about your life. Where there's nothing that you can that she's has said that's contradictory or, or make you feel like or that's convoluted to say she's lying about something. Like, I didn't get that. Maybe maybe you have a different perspective about that situation. Well, Cy and Aaron were kind of on the same bandwagon of we want to know about you. I was you're trying to get Aaron us. a break. I gave her the smoke too much. That's how it says. You know, I just want to. I just want to. I. I just wanted to. Let me finish my thought. They were both putting it out there as she's not being truthful or she's not being forthcoming about her life because she because Jessel was she started with her family and you know how they were immigrants and came from another country and how they actually were like in Africa. They were right. Indians in Africa. Now, for me, I, you know, if like where you come from is who you are, especially mm-hmm. if your story of where you came from was so lavish, like you're of Indian descent, but you were born in, Af- but you're African technically because you were born in Africa because your parent, your family migrated from there. Right. That is something that clearly shapes who you are. Yes. So I think that is vital information to share. Now, if you're telling me that you know your mom was from Crenshaw and your dad was from the Valley and y'all <laughs> came together, it's okay. That I don't. That's <laughs> that's not. That's not as pivotal as, you know, your family leaving from one country to another country where people typically that are like you typically are not never there. Right. So like that, that shapes who you are. It's your origin. It's, it's your origin story of who you are. It shape it, it clearly shapes who you are is what I'm saying. But so that I could warrant, you know, if someone if I tell someone, tell me about tell me about you and they start there. Yes, I I can see it because that has shaped everything about you. Now, if someone, you know, from the fucking valley and then, you know, someone's other parent was in the lake, that doesn't shape you because it's not <laughs> like that. Well, well, why not? Because it's still part of who you are. Like, if, regardless of, it may not be the answer. And I think it's not the answer that you're seeking. If she wasn't giving Cy what Cy wanted to hear, but her response is her response and her 
However she answers True. that, however she answers is is how she sees herself and her family and where she grew up. And that's all part of her story. Her culture, again, was... And Uba said it's like, if you are... If you have a culture where your family is the the nucleus, that's who that shapes you. That's who you are. And regardless of her having the uncle who she was able to live with, but she still had nothing. Her parents didn't help her out. That's her story. Who are you to to con, to be argumentative with her to say, well, that's not well. You you know, well, at least you had that. Or to say, well, you can't say you didn't care for nothing, but you had your uncle help you out. Who the fuck are you to, to question? My life and my story. How dare you? Like that's that's how get that's how motherfuckers get checked. I'm sorry. Like that I just have it that's what solidified Sai being my least favorite out of all the women in this franchise. Because I feel like she has this air about her that is unnecessary. That's I just think she's saying. inauthentic. I think that's just... That's, Maybe it's the same thing. That's just the easiest way to boil it down to. Like, I feel like she just puts on when the cameras are there more so than any other of the women. And she gives the least about herself. Like, but it makes sense because she's she's living in posture decision because she came from that thing. So she's like, I'm, I'm never going to be that. I'm going to have something. So she's trying to live. She's created a life for herself, which is great. Kudos to you. But you also aren't, I think, happy with who you are. I just, I personally feel. Because if you are, you wouldn't be on this mean girl um, campaign of saying just so's not real. So, but we also find out that there's another versus. And this is um, Brand versus getting Jenna's pussy. Because she wants to send on Jenna's face really bad. Um, or it's just, or is it friendly flirting? What do you think? I think it's just friendly flirting. I, I, I don't think Brent seriously wants to get with Jenna. I just think that with Brent in general, she likes to push boundaries on things that she know will never happen because that's the fun in it. By knowing that you can comfortably say or do what you want when you know there's not a chance in hell that it's going to happen. Well, she's hysteronic. So and that, we talked about this. That it's a, it's an actual medical, uh, medical term. But mental health also. She's hysteronic, which basically means that she seeks attention and she has to be the center of attention all the time. She uses her sexuality to, um, to draw that attention to people. But... How she over overtly talks about sex. She's not interested in sex by no shot of the imagination. And I do feel that she probably needs to be with a, um, a older lesbian because they're not going to want to touch her. She could be, you know, the pretty young girl who's not going to get touched but lives this, this certain lifestyle. That's why I think she gravitates to Jenna a lot. But I also think she wants Jenna life. I think that's the most important. I think that's I think that's the biggest thing, the biggest revelation. Like she wants to be Jenna. I don't think yeah. she wants to be with Jenna. I th- I just think she wants to be Jenna, a completely self-independent boss that isn't reliant on men Stop to make her feel, you know, valued or to bring you know, valuable things to her life. She wants to be able to generate that herself, much like Jenna. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> much like and, her, and and 
Brand's coping to get her go-to, her defense mechanism is, again, talk about sex. Bring sexuality. Talk to use that defense. Because it's overly done. It's like, okay, the, the one joke, cute, cool. Two jokes, that's cute. When it's 15 times, it's like, oh, that's all you got, your pussy left. That's all you got to offer somebody. It's just, it's that overly sexual energy. So, mm-hmm. but that's Roni. Uh, we'll see what happens because, like we said, uh, Umba did take the glasses off of Aaron. Um, and that was the cliffhanger. So, we don't know what happened after that. We do not. <laughs> so, we'll have to tune back in next week to hear a breakdown about it. Yeah. So, but, uh, we have a love is blind recap. We hope you guys caught up with that. Um, it was a what three part episode? It was a three, three part, part series. Series of uh, season four, right? Where are season, they now? Was the season? It was season four. four. Season four, yeah. Where are they now? Which is kind of like the married at first sight recap, basically. And just as boring, <laughs> just as useless. Continue. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't really learn too much except for another storyline that we didn't get to see play out, which was between trifling ass Jackie and her trifling ass boyfriend at the time, Josh. And he cauliflower ear, if you forgot, broccoli flower, cauliflower, cauliflower, Cauli- yes, yes. I don't see his ear being cauliflower. It, 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 yes, it looks like cauliflower yes, to you. It oh, okay, he's yeah, he's just a, a a jerk because there is another woman named Monica who he actually. Then we saw some unseen footage that they never aired mm-hmm. of him meeting Monica, who's Asian persuasion, and they were he proposed to her. They you in know, the pod in the pod he yeah. proposed. They met, and something transpired after the pods, and they just it didn't work out for them. It didn't work out, so they didn't even make it to the filming like the other couples did right so before they even left that vicinity (laughs) monica (laughs) yeah before they even left the building uh monica was like nah this ain't it (laughs) this ain't it (laughs) and so monica like any other cast member of the show wanted to to tell her story and just so happened that her and jackie became bffs in that short time so of course she loves jackie and then we see how it plays out with Jackie and Marshall. Jackie wants to get with Josh. So all this stuff. So Monica's like, hey, I have a story to tell. I haven't told the one my story. And Josh tried to play Monica to the left. And cut to a year later, Monica's now talking to the blogs of her stories out. And Josh feels like she's just on some clout chasing type shit. And there's a whole big discussion to blow up at the bar with Josh, Monica, and Jackie, which I love how Monica was like, no, call him over right now. She's like, I care about me and you, referring to her and Jackie relationship more than Jackie and Josh's relationship. Um, but cut to present day, Jackie is no longer with Josh due to this Monica situation. So how do you feel about that? I feel like they are all miserable and deserve it. As far as Josh and Jackie goes, watching them interact during this three-part special, the writing was on the wall. It wasn't loving. Every second was condescending and low-key demeaning, which, for whatever reason, that's what she wanted and what she thrived in. Right. You can tell she's the type of person that thrives in chaos and low-key prefers to be disrespected than respected because that's all she got 
in the other relationship. Like his ass was making her pancakes and dusting powdered <laughs> sugar on that shit, and she was like, "Man, what is this?" <laughs> yeah, she was like, "Man, <laughs> you ain't." You ain't ignoring me once today. Yeah. yeah, that's real bitch. Like, like a bitch ass nigga shit. Right. Is I don't want to eat breakfast, nigga. Right. I don't want to eat at all. <laughs> I want that dick. That's what she wanted to do. So, seeing her in the relationship that was the polar opposite than the one that we saw during the initial season, it was like, oh yeah, she she deserves this uh, because you can tell that he just wasn't. He's just not a good guy. I, or that's those are the vibes that I got. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm not surprised that they're they've broken up at all. No, neither am I. Um. I think that it's best that Jackie figure out her life, figure out herself, and you know, good luck to all parties involved. I, I, you know, I wanted to hear Monica's story. I felt like she had a lot to share. And yeah, I want to actually look up to see what she shared initially that got. Josh and Jackie robbed in the first place. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, again, according to Josh, she's like, oh, she's cloud chasing. It's like, you know, you're you're not that big, dude, right? Like, you know, like, you do know the biggest issue was your girl left Marsha for you, but really the the dramas with the shit she said insinuating he was gay. Like, not the fact she's with you. Like, let's be clear. She could have left you. She could have left with anybody else, but it's the fact that she, the fucked up way that she did it. Yeah, the, was more of the, the story, story not who she left before. Horrible of a person she was, oh, she not left necessarily with. Yeah. who yeah. she left with. Yeah, so, but we have a new season coming up uh, next week, right? Yeah. Season five. Yeah. These people are. What city are we in? Do we know? I don't know if I, didn't I catch don't that. know. Okay, don't know. well we'll find out for Stay the, um, you guys. Yeah, but check out season five coming up. Now, how tired do you think? Um, Nick Lachey wife Vanessa is going to look this season. On a scale from sleepy <laughs> to haggard, <laughs> where do you think she's going to fall? Because every season she go down, down, down. It's like, are you girls? What's going on over there? Okay? I, don't, I don't know, but whatever deal she made with the devil, he has clearly came to collect. Because <laughs> mama is losing her essence in Yo. real time. I feel yeah. like next season she's going to be in a walker. <laughs> like fucking gray hair and everything. Hopefully everything's okay with her. Let's just put that out there. Oh, absolutely. Positiv- good. Positivity vibes. Vibes um, for her. Yeah. Good, good vibes. She only. just needs a good nap. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it. Just a good. And maybe a good facial too. But Some yeah. So, but speaking of facials, I think people have maybe had a facial on this show. They do facials on this show. Yeah. Um, but you guys, have you guys tuned in to Big Brother season twenty five? We're gonna do a recap because there's so much has been going on. Actually, a whole lot, and there's a lot of game that's been played. If you guys haven't watched Big Brother, we got into Big Brother maybe the last three four years. Um, no, I take that lie back. Yeah, that's that so long. aggressive. Like, <laughs> no, well, th- I'll say three because celebrity. Then we watched like the regularly since like the last two years, but because do it every summer. So, but it's a social experiment game. I feel it's a, a game of manipulation, and it's fucking great. Twenty five seasons, and you know we're late to the party, but we showed up. We here, and we hope you guys are also. If you guys are watching, but. 
we, I guess, going to say spoiler alert. But typically, people are the fans who watch the show. They watch it like, I think they will watch it live or They're watching real, real time. time. Yeah, because miss a day, miss a lot. Yeah, it's all over <laughs> Twitter. So Yeah, so um, just to say, we will, we will say spoiler alert. Just if you haven't seen the episode as of yet, you may want to fast forward a couple of minutes to go on to a different topic. But, um... Tonight, voted out was Cameron, but it was a double elimination. Yes, it was. And the other set person who was voted out was that motherfucking Jared. He had to go. He yes. had to go. It was very poetic that tonight both of them were eliminated on the same night because Jared was the reason that Cameron was up for elimination in the first place. Yes. So Cameron's karma came back and bit Jarrett in the ass. All of it. Now, at this point, what makes this so interesting and juicy is Jared's mother is in the house with him. Saria can't stand that bra. So Siri has uh, been on Survivor multiple seasons and she actually won uh, the show called The Traitors. That was on Peacock. So she's very well uh, familiarized with reality competitions like this. And essentially all season, her, Jared, and a few others have been running the house behind the scenes. Right. And it just so happened the last like two weeks that people are starting to notice and starting to... Uh, make plans to disrupt that and Cameron was the first person to take that shot and kind of uh, eliminate or get someone sent home from that uh, group from that cluster of people that was running the house so we were disappointed to see Cameron get voted out of the house but at the end of the episode there was a twist and we found out that Cameron and Jarrett can uh, may be able to fight their way back into the house. So out of the two of them, someone is going to get picked to go back into the house. And we are both hoping and praying and wishing that it is not Jarrett. Right. Because just like so episode four or the fourth you know, week four. Jack was evo- was voted out, but Jack came back due to the Humiliverse. Uh, uh, was it Humiliverse or was it one of the verses? And there was a, a comp that was played and Matt saved Jack to be to not be eliminated. So from week one to present, we've had Kristen, Kirsten, who's been uh, she was the first one to be to be gone. Then Riley. Then Heisum, because he was a dictator. And I hated the fact that he was because he was a gay man. Like, why do you gotta be a dictator? Like, calm that control down. But then Jack, um, but then Jack stayed, and then Red was gone. That was my boy. And then that bitch Izzy, I can't stand her. She was fucking gone. She needs to go. Now Cameron and Jared, but again, like you said, there is a twist that's coming up for next week, so there's a possibility for one of them to re- resurrect, their, resurrect their game. Because they're going to be zombies, right? For this next following yeah, week. something crazy. For like the that. show. So, we'll see what happens. But, um, listen. I need to re She needs to go. And I hope 
Cameron wins and he's resurrected and Jared is out and Ceree's out. And then that way the game can be finally played the way it needs to be played. And how is that? I just think it's fairly appropriate. It just felt like when you try to have you, the game is being played controlled by someone who doesn't win comms. People who weren't winning comms. And it was just them trying to bulldoze and and be charismatic. So, yeah, on one hand, okay, you have that skill set. But it's just like people weren't seeing. They weren't seeing the thing because they kept throwing shit out. Oh, this person's doing this. And they kept trying to deflect other people and point out people's flaws and shit. And it's like, if you listen like that, it doesn't make sense, right? Especially, except for uh, Heisman. He he wrote his own ticket out. I feel like he did. Absolutely. But, you know. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, Big Brother is is a show that if you guys haven't checked it out, you can check it out on Paramount Plus or, or Pluto TV because they, they, they show the reruns. You can pull it up. And it's it's beautiful. A beautiful television show to watch. It's and a lot. It's easy of, to catch up. Easy to catch up on. Very easy to catch up on, and very easy to get sucked into because there's so many twists and turns. Yeah, and it really is a social experiment on building relationships, fostering those relationships, and the drama that comes with deciding on portraying and turning your back on those relationships. Yep. Do you do it? Do you not do it? And if you don't, will it come back and bite you in the ass? So it's a lot of, uh, you know, if I was in that situation, I would or I wouldn't do this. It's very entertaining. Yeah. And also just as it's seeing how some people try to play with integrity. I I love that. You know, be as truthful as you can. But there there's going to be some deception that happens. So you guys check it out. CBS Wednesday nights, Thursday nights. Thursday's always a, a eviction night. Sunday, that's when they... Or no, Sunday's comp. eviction night. No, right? Thursday is the Thursday night. eviction night. Sunday's Sunday is comp. comp night. Wednesday is uh, like veto. veto. And then Thursday is eviction night. So check it out. CBS has, you know, let's get their viewership up because they need some more money to cut these checks for the people. For um, Monique and Countess Vaughn. There you go. It's full, full circle. circle. Full circle. <laughs> so the last show we want to talk about is a new show that's on Hulu. It's actually a book, a novel written by a black queen. And her name misses me right now. But I'm going to get it together for you guys. You always do this to yourself. You'll bring up something. I have it. It's just her, I mind. got her name now. Zakia Delilah Harris, the other black girl. She wrote this novel which has now been made into a show on hulu that stars a lot new some new people but we have an old fave two old faves we have um eric mccormick from will and grace who played will and then also garcelle Bouves, um who we know is fancy and also real housewives of beverly hills are in this um show and okay we have been honest all this podcast that's been that's the the vibe we we go off of that's in our fabric that's our mission statement this show here is hard as fuck to watch if you get past episode four 
it starts to pick up. But one to four, you like, I, I looked at, I looked at you, babe. I was like, why are we watching this? Like, I can't. There's not enough that's holding me to want to continue with this show. But we're like, you know, it's a black writer, it's a black show. Let's just stick it out, and we did. Well. Were you glad that you did? Because I'm actually very shocked that you even wanted to talk about it tonight. Well, cause you were because so it's triggered last night when we finished. I was really it. triggered last night by the we and we did finish the series, but we'll talk about it next week and the week after, so you guys can catch up and watch it. You guys. What? What are we talking about? Well, I don't want to talk about everything tonight. Cause well, people, I thought you hated it. Why are we talking about it? Well, also, like I wouldn't be like because again, we want to. If we don't, <laughs> if we don't bring light to these type of shows, we can't have them. We can't see us in future projects. So even though I had some gripes with it, I still support. And I want people, the pod people out there, friends, if you want to support films like this and books like this and adaptation because that go on to television shows because we want to support any people of color, anyone that's queer or whatever doing something so we can continue this, our stories being told. And this was a kind of a would you say sci-fi thriller? It was a thriller, yeah. Thriller. Um, and that's not really our genre, so it it's, was... It's not even a reality but, show. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I feel like the, the the twist was like, so this is how y'all going to get the people? So that's the part where, you know, I, I want to have the conversation and, and bring that out, you know, once we um, have further discussions. But I want the friends out there to know the show we're talking about. Okay. How do you feel about the show? We watched the entire series. What's your thoughts? I actually, I like it. I like it. It it was very slow in the beginning, but once you, like you said, push past it, I'm very like I mentioned to you last night. I will be here for the next season. Yeah, because the way they let that cliffhanger is like you're like they're having a season two. And it's like, oh, absolutely. Shit, really? <laughs> See, there you go. I, <laughs> no, 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 no. Again, I'll watch about? it again. I say the same shit about what show? Uh, Being Bobby Lights or whatever. Like, I don't want... Or Bad Boys, uh, Bad Boys Houston. It's tragic, train wreck, but I'm going to watch the shit. You know what I'm saying? Talk about it. I'm going to give... Yeah, I'm going to give commentary. I'm going to talk shit. But I'm going to watch it. I'm going to finish it out. But friends, watch it. Tell us what you think. Tell us your thoughts on our podcast, our IG page. Or email us your questions or concerns at oh that's my gay friend at gmail.com and we'll you know have further discussions about the show. Also, we talked about the mentioning mentioning new shows, right? Because we kind of have our set list is kind of getting dwindling down. So any shows out there you guys have that are coming up, please let us know if we aren't aware about them so we can kind of take a, a look at it and come back and talk about it. Yep. We're open. So, friends, that's going to wrap up this episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend. We want to thank you for giving us about an hour and 40 minutes of your time. Um, you have 22 hours left to yourself in this day to make an impact, change your life, or change someone else's life by saying hi or, you know, smiling at someone. So, until next time, friends. Bye, bye friends. friends. Today's episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend. It's brought to you by the letter A. Hey, listen, did y'all really think we were going to teach you guys something? <laughs> this podcast is just to have a kiki with my husband. Tune in next Friday for an all new episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend. 
follow us on Instagram at oh that's my gay friend or email us your questions at oh that's my gay friend at gmail.com. Until then, see you next time, friends. <laughs>